Is that better? Yes, it is. Well, it's great to be back. We had a fab holiday. Um, lots of sun. Uh, lots of relaxation. Uh, never been to Cuba before. Never been to the kind of Caribbean. And uh, we enjoyed um, just some fab relaxation. So um, it's great to come back when you feel rested. Uh, we were a bit delayed coming back. So... Um, yeah, we had a four-hour delay yesterday, so that was a bit, a bit, a bit, it was lovely, yeah. So it's meant we spent three more hours by the pool, and yeah, it was tough, wasn't it? Tough at the top, and uh, yeah, so um, holiday, we find, um, I tend to read copious amounts of books, I didn't quite read as many as, as, um, as I normally do, um, but I want to recommend a book, and, and I want to recommend that everybody read it. Um, it has impacted me and Ruth hugely. It's called, and, and I can't remember who gave it to me. I, I wonder if it was Rodney and Sonia, but I'm not absolutely sure. So I'm, I'm sorry if it's somebody else. It's a book called How to Stop the Pain by Dr. James B. Richards. Um, simple, won't take you long to read but is incredibly enlightening and very helpful. He says, pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. And um, so, read it and weep. Uh, Because you will do. In a good way. Um, So, uh, I know we're in the middle of a series on um, what are we building but this isn't part of it. This is um, completely different. So, you know, this is a, a window of opportunity uh, that I have taken because most of the rest of, loads of people are away at the Synergy uh, Leaders Conference, which we were unable to make because we were on holiday. Isn't that a shame? <laughs> and uh, I'm glad we never kind of tried to because we were meant to arrive back at something like quarter to seven yesterday morning. I'm glad we didn't think, oh, let's try and fit the Saturday in. Let's go to the... Um, because we were four hours late and we, we were exhausted. So I'm glad we just didn't go. Um, you'll remember, or many of you will remember, or even some of you, and maybe one person, will remember that uh, one of the verses or the, the passages... A passage in Matthew 11 that God had been speaking to me about was um, those that are weary and heavy laden. Jesus said, come to me. Um, take my yoke and learn from me. Because um, my burden um, is easy and my yoke is light or the other way around. And I was really grabbed by that whole aspect that you know our life in God and and life should be easy and light and yet I think for me I was feeling that much of it wasn't and um, and so it's forced me to go looking at Jesus he says come to me and learn from me on holiday we read that book, but Ruth and I um, decided to work through Ephesians together. 
each day. And um, God really spoke to us through that, through a couple of books that we read and through our time contemplating ourselves and then chatting with Neil and Tracy at times. Um, And so I want to share today, I'm not sure for how long, um, might only be short, and I'm sorry I haven't got a PowerPoint. I do like to use visuals sometimes, but I just hadn't, hadn't got the time or the inclination. Um, but I do, uh, yeah, so apologies for that. So, um, if you, um, I, I will come to a couple of passages. I just want to share some things out of Ephesians, and then I want to read a passage in John to us. And, and I think it's apt for this morning. What, Ephesians 1, 7, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward, toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Chapter 2, verse 4, But God who is rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Verse 8, For by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest, lest anyone should boast. I think we've been struck by the incredible power of grace and God's grace in our lives, but in each person's life here. And thankful again, and it's great to have communion, because remembering that our sins are completely set on Jesus. Our past sins, our present sin, and our future sin. It's completely done, laid on Jesus. Laid on him. And so when Jesus looks at you and me, he doesn't see it. I think that's good. And I, so I was reminded, you, you know, this, I grew up like this. I don't know about you, that when we take communion, we are to examine ourselves and make sure we're right with God. Who's had to do that? Check out what sin is and get rid of it. Clean yourself for the week because you've done rubbish. I've come to realize, you know, that scripture doesn't mean that. At all. At all. It means examine yourself and find out you're righteous. Don't search for sin, search for righteousness. That'll get some thinking. I'm going to take some more. Oh, I love um, Lily May going up. Thank you. 
I, I love the little kids when they go up. Because they, they want more. So, I'm going to help you with this. So we're going to turn to John. We're going to read a passage. Because I've had some revelation. Do you know when you know something, but then God kind of reveals it to you, and it drops, and it hits you, and you go, oh, oh, that's really good. Well, I've had one of those moments. So we're going to read John chapter 16. And uh, we'll read 14 verses. Quite an important passage. This is Jesus... Uh, Before he dies, he's having an opportunity with his disciples to to speak to them. Yeah, chapter 16, verse 1, and we'll read 14 uh, verses. These things I have spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. They uh, will put you out of synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers God service. And these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. But things I have told you, that when the time comes, you will remember I told you of them. And these things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. But now I go away to him who sent me. And none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I will tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. You remember that Jesus had previously told them that he was going away and he would send the helper. And when he has come, listen to this, this is really important. He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged I still have many things to say to you but you cannot hear them now However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you in all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak to you. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. So, the Holy Spirit... He, the helper, will convict the world of sin. Not you, not me. The world of sin. And this is the sin. Because they do not believe. It's the sin of... He, the Holy Spirit will convict the world of not believing in Jesus. That's the sin. See, you and I, we know what we've done wrong. So do most people in the world, don't we? If I asked you to list what you've done wrong this week, you'd be able to tell me pretty much. 
Um, we don't need the Holy Spirit to tell us. Or tell people what they've done wrong. I remember one conversation out on the streets. And uh, with, with the turning, we, we, we talk about sin. And we give a bit of an explanation, which I might have to change now. And, um, and uh, there was one guy um, that Sue and Jean embarked upon. And he, he had no problem going, yep, yep, I'm a sinner, I've done loads of stuff. Yeah, that I know I shouldn't have done. There's no, no problem. Most people on the streets, when you talk about, they know. They absolutely know. They don't need the Holy Spirit even to tell them. But what they do need is the Holy Spirit to convict them about not believing in Jesus. They don't see him. They don't believe in him. That's the sin. Here's the second thing. Of righteousness. Because I go to the Father, it says... And you see me no more. So he's speaking to the disciples. So the Holy Spirit is to convict us, you and me, his disciples, of righteousness. Because so often, so often we're looking at other things in our lives. Remember Paul speaks to the Galatians. Well, he speaks to the Ephesus, doesn't he? And he's talking to them constantly in, about grace. But then he speaks to the Galatians and says, Oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you begun in the spirit and now walk in the flesh? And I think that's what happens to us often. It happened to me. I knew when I became a Christian that my whole life was transformed, that sin was gone. And then I began to see sin in my life in certain places. I measured myself, perhaps against other people. I'll come on to that in just a moment. The Holy Spirit is not there to point out your faults. We see them pretty much easily ourselves. Remember in Genesis, when Adam... And Eve ate of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It caused them to understand what good and evil was. We can, we've had that fruit. We know what's good and evil. The Holy Spirit is here when we take to communion together to convict you and me of our standing in God. Of our absolute righteousness. His grace. His powerful forgiveness. Is for everything. Past, present and future. Everything you're going to do. Forgiven. Let's turn to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 8. 7 to 13. 
For if the first covenant had been faultless, there would be no need or no place to have brought a second covenant. That The first covenant was obviously the law of Moses, the Ten Commandments. If the, because finding fault with them, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not according to the covenant I made with their fathers in that day, when I took them out of the, uh, when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they did not continue in my covenant, and I disregarded them, said the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days. I will put my laws in their mind. I'll write them on their hearts. I will be their God. They will be their, my people. None of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. In that, he says, a new covenant. He has made the first obsolete, gone, obsolete. Now, what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. So the law of Moses, the Ten Commandments, is um, gone. Measuring yourself against them is, is gone for those of us that believe we're righteous. Grace, the grace of God has made us completely righteous. We don't have to measure. I think, you know, the law almost makes sin more. Take a road with no speed limit on, no signs. You're driving along. If there's no speed limit, there's no speed limit, isn't there? You can do do what you want, whatever. As soon as they put a 30 on and you go 31, you've broke the law, you've sinned. As soon as we set up something, you, you know, you can be sat in a waiting room, can't you? And, you know, there's no sign on a door. You don't even notice the door. And it says, do not enter. I don't know about you, but I'd like to have a look. <laughs> you see what I mean as soon as we say you can't do something then maybe I want to do it keep off the grass I like to walk on the grass <laughs> I've broke a rule I quite, I quite like to do it maybe you don't but that's a bit of my humour but it's a bit like that once we have laws we then realise where we're Sinning. Breaking laws. <laughs> do, do you remember the film A Knight's Tale? It's in, there's, a, um, there's a bit in The Knight's Tale that says um, he, he's, he's fighting against his adversary. It's quite a humorous film. And uh, he knocks him off his horse and he's uh, landed on the floor and he walks over to him and he just says, you have been weighed, you have been measured and you have been found wanting. And, uh, you know, he mocks him because he's beating him. It's quite, it's quite a funny moment. It's one of my best moments. 
favorite moments in that film. Um, I think sometimes we look at ourselves like that as Christians. You have been weighed. You have been measured. And you don't quite make the mark. See, God, we're not, we're not, it, it's not for us to do that. We are to understand that Jesus did it all. It's not our righteousness. It's his righteousness. And when Father looks down, he doesn't go, you have been weighed, Chapman. You have been measured and you have been found wanting. He doesn't do that. He doesn't see it. I think, I think we really have to get a hold of it. Just let me show you what Paul says about it in Romans. A couple of verses. Moreover, the, Romans 5.20, Moreover, the law entered but the, that the offense might abound. More laws, more offenses. But where sin abound, grace abounds more. So sin, so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to the eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? (laughs) Because you could read, well, sin, you know, if, if all my sins, <laughs> you're saying past, present, and future, that, that absolutely gives me permission to sin, surely. So, uh, which is exactly what, you know, Paul's anticipating. Well, no, 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 no. What should we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How can we? Those who have died to sin live any longer in it. If you know you're righteous, if you know you're righteous, if I can look in the mirror and say, Sam, I am a righteous man. Right believing will affect my right living. It's not a permission to go out and and sin. It's the permission to understand who we are. How righteous we've been made. Therefore do not let sin, he goes on in in 6.12, reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lust. Do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourself to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion under you, over you, for you're not under law but under grace. You're not subject to the law, you're subject to grace. We have to understand that that's the, that's the place we live. We are completely righteous. And our thinking 
and our measuring of ourselves against other people needs to stop. Or against ourselves or what we think the law is. It needs to stop. You're righteous. You are righteous. You're righteous. Present each other as righteous. One of my... Last year we did a book of declarations over Lent. One of the things I'm doing daily is looking at myself and saying... You're a righteous man. And I do know, I do understand, it's nothing of me. And it's all of Jesus. But I want to believe that more and more. That I'm righteous. And you're righteous. So I used a phrase. And I'm nearly done. And then what I'd like us to do is I'd like us to take communion again. Yeah, we can do it, can't we? And and when we do it, this time, I'm not saying you didn't do this last time, by the way, but I want you to understand that you can do what Caroline did when she shared her testimony and she said, I'm not an alcoholic, I am free. I love that. That's so, that still speaks to me every time you've done that because it's absolutely true. She'd learned something that we are all to, and I think she's, she's really helped me. That testimony has really helped me because we're not what we once were. And if you are struggling with any addiction, then can I say to you that... Um, right believing will, read to li- will lead to right living. He's done it already. Jesus has done it. And so when, when we take communion again, let's do it and, and find ourselves righteous in him. And believe again that his grace is sufficient for all our weaknesses, all our faults. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians 5.21. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. We, together, we become the righteousness of God in Christ. We become. The people of no sin. Isn't that amazing? We become. We look righteous to God. Isn't that incredible? It's an incredible truth that we wrestle with, that I think I've wrestled with for years. (laughs) 
I used to keep going back, you know, as a, as a kid to these conferences and keep giving my life back to Jesus because <laughs> I've done so much rubbish in the year. Oh, no. I swore again. I stole again. You, I didn't understand what he'd done. I didn't understand what the helper, the Holy Spirit, was there for. To convict me of righteousness. And when you understand you're righteous, you don't want to do any of those things. But it's not. Paul writes to Titus says in chapter 3, I think it's verse 5, it's not by works of righteousness that you're saved by. It's by his grace, his mercy, his incredible mercy. Because he loved us and gave himself for us. It's not by our doing right stuff. It's by his righteousness. He makes us righteous. So here's my challenge over Lent for you. Join me. Look yourself in the mirror and go, I'm righteous. It's, I haven't found it that easy. I'll be honest with you. Looking at yourself can be quite hard sometimes. I make myself laugh. I also look in the mirror and go, I'm a fat-burning machine. (laughs) That makes me laugh as well. (laughs) It's true, I do. I do these crazy bits and pieces. But I'm looking at myself. I'm really, I want to understand it fresh in my life. (laughs) Are you going to drive a fat-burning machine on? (laughs) Henry... You you don't need to. You are obviously a fat burning machine. Don't point at Anita. <laughs> Henry is a fat burning machine, and <laughs> take it. And, um, but try it. Look at yourself. Sometimes it's hard to look at yourself, isn't it? I don't know about you. Sometimes there's bits I don't like, but um, ah, but he likes it. And go. I'm righteous. I'm a righteous man. I'm a righteous woman of God. I've been made righteous. I am the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. I am the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. I am the righteous. It will change how we live our lives. Addictions will disappear. I am free from every aspect of sin. Grace abounds. And more grace for us. Wondering if we can just take communion together. And um, what we're going to do this time, let's do it on our own. Okay, let's just grab, we, we might have to get a cup. And those are happy to share a cup rather than have an individual one if you don't want to. Sometimes one of the reasons we have individual cups is that if people are on chemo and stuff like that, we don't want to share germs. All right. It's, it's, it, um, but if you're happy to share a cup, um, you know, you don't want us, we can wipe and stuff like that, can't we? And, and let's, let's look again. Um, at Jesus. Let's look again at Jesus.
Let's take communion and understand who we are in God. Examine ourselves and, and find Jesus. Find him. Find him in communion. Jesus took bread, blessed it, broke it and said, take it. This is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks. Gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood of the new covenant, covenant which is shed for many for the remission of sins. This is the new covenant. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. You are the righteousness of God in him. Thank you, Lord. Last verse, I want to change a bit. Because he wants us to reign now. It's a present future. Thank you, Lord. me this week this Lent look in the mirror look yourself in the eye girl you're righteous you're the righteousness of God through Jesus It makes you smile. It makes me smile. <coughs> You're righteous. You're amazingly righteous. Through him. You lot are the righteousness of God. Through Jesus Christ. <laughs> And I might change our feelings, might it? And our thinking. And our understanding of, of who we really are. Not through anything of ourselves. Not by the good stuff we think we've done. Not by the bad stuff we think we've done. Just all through him. 
all through Jesus' amazing power and grace. Wow. It's good, eh? Go and have a read of those passages. You know, might have got you thinking a bit. Great. Check me out. I don't mind that. Find it for yourself. We want the revelation of God to to lead us and give us um, more, don't we? Yeah. Cool. Thank you.